Our calling as a church is to honor God and make disciples. That's who we are as every nation. And we just finished a series called uh, Dare to Share, the mission of the church. And we learned that we are all missionaries, whether we like it or not. According to Paul, in his letter to the Romans, whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. The gospel is the power for salvation. It says, whoever believes in the Lord will not be disappointed. Whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved, which means anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Salvation is found in Jesus alone. We cannot earn our way to heaven through our good works or any of the achievements that we've had in life. There is no other foundation on which we could build other than that, that which has already been built, and that is Christ Jesus. This is the gospel, the good news of salvation that is found in Jesus alone, and it is available to anyone who believes. Now, what is the gospel? It's not about the four books, the first four books of the New Testament. What is the gospel? Everyone's saying the gospel is the good news. But I want to read to you the biblical definition of the term gospel as we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 to 4. And it says, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. Therefore, the gospel is the truth that we are all sinners and we deserve the sentence of eternal death and separation from God and everything that is good. But God, in His love for us, has sent Jesus Christ to take our place on the cross. Jesus was without sin. He lived a sinless life. He allowed Himself to be crucified. He was buried and He died for our sins. Jesus took the wrath of God upon Himself. His body was placed in the tomb. On the third day, He rose again. God, in His love and grace, has overcome two of our greatest enemies, sin and death. And anyone who acknowledges that Jesus Christ did that for him or for her will be forgiven of their sins and receive eternal salvation. Be with God. Today, we are starting a two-part series called Reconciled. To be reconciled means to be restored into agreement or to be in harmony, to be at peace with. In this series, we will talk about two things, very important things. The first, we need to be reconciled to God. Number two, we need to be reconciled to one another. What is the message of the gospel? What really happened on the cross? Many people have heard Christians say, Christ died for your sins. But they don't have any idea what that means. No one in this room can stand up and say that he or she is not a sinner. The Bible says all of us have sinned and have fallen short of God's glory. And the Bible also says the wages of sin is death. There are three kinds of death. First is physical death. 
Second, spiritual death. And the third is eternal death. When Adam and Eve disobeyed God, they didn't die physically immediately. They still lived for hundreds of years, but they died spiritually. They died spiritually. They were no longer able to relate to God the way they used to. Eventually, they died a physical death. The wages that sin brings that the Bible is talking about is eternal death. And this is our complete eternal separation from God. The Bible says because of our sin, we were separated. We were alienated from God. And this is not just about physical separation. It's even more serious than that. The separation that we have from God is a moral separation. We are sinners and He's a holy God. We are far off from Him because of our sin. You know, Bing and I have been married for 31 years and going on our 32nd on December 13. <laughs> I got it wrong yesterday. I said December 12. I was in trouble. December 13, yes. And, <laughs> and there have been times in those years, as you, as you very well know if you've been married that long, there are times when you don't see each other eye to eye, right? And we would have an argument, and every time we would have an argument, I would feel restless. I don't know if you feel that way, if, you're, if you have an argument with your spouse, you feel restless. I feel like there's some sort of wall that separated us, and it just drains the energy out of me. I just don't feel like doing anything that entire day. I'm saying this because this is nothing compared with the kind of separation that we have with God because of our sin. This kind of separation cannot be remedied by flowers or sweet words or an honest apology, peace offering, or good works. The message of the gospel is the message of reconciliation. But there is nothing in our own power that we can do for us to be reconciled back to God. Jesus, on the cross, took upon himself the wrath of God, and he became the ultimate sacrifice for the forgiveness of our sins. It is by the blood that was shed on the cross that our sins have been forgiven. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13, we read, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Where were you before you met Christ? We were far off. We were disconnected from Him. We were living according to our own desires, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. But because of the blood of Jesus, which was shed on the cross, when the greatest manifestation of love was for all creation to witness, we have been brought near, as the Bible says, reconciled to the Father. The message of the gospel is the message of reconciliation. In Paul's letter to the Romans, we read the parallel verse in chapter 2. It says, For in him the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. In Jesus, the fullness of God dwelt. We read in the Bible a lot of, about God's love to us as a father. But honestly, I had a hard time relating to that. 
I wasn't really very close to my dad. I know God loves us, it says in the Bible, but trying to understand that from a perspective of someone who has experienced having a physical dad, I can't because I wasn't really close to my dad. Our first daughter, Katrina, came out, and then Ange, I was praying for a girl, then Carlene came out, and then I said, God, one more, and then Mickey came out. So I've got four girls, and now Noah, well, Noah's over there playing, and he's celebrating his uh, second birthday. And every time I carry him, I always tell God, I never, never really had this with my dad. Never really felt it. But imagine, God so loved you and me that he was willing to send his son to die on the cross. You can just imagine how God felt when Jesus was being nailed on the cross. He knew that his son would be suffering. I can only relate to that from an emotion of a human being, seeing my son being crucified. For who? For people who do not deserve it. As a human father, I can only relate to that from an emotional perspective. Christ died for someone like me, completely undeserving of his love and kindness. Why did God allow his son to bear it? The answer is simple. He loves us. He just loves us so much. He wants us to be reconciled to him. In the next verse, we read, And through him, through Jesus Christ, to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, who were once alienated, separated, hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy, blameless, and above reproach before God. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you have heard. Is it really possible to be eternally separated from God? The answer is yes. The wages of our sin is death. Think about this. If God was just a God of justice, then there would be no necessity for Jesus. But since God is a God of justice and a God of mercy and grace, then Jesus is absolutely essential. Jesus took on the full wrath of God on the cross to deliver us to the fullness of God's grace. To reject Jesus means to take on the full the fullness of the justice of God and to reject His grace. I honestly don't know how the house of eternal separation that the Bible is talking about, but I know God's judgment is something that we cannot just brush off or sweep under the rug and pretend that it's not going to affect us, that we're not going to face God one day. The stakes are so high that God had to send Jesus to rescue us from that. There is heaven. It's real. There is hell. It's real. 
and they are both eternal. The life we live now is for an eternity later. This is the reason why we have to make up our mind now on what kind of relationship we should have with Jesus. We all have been given this lifetime to make a decision on whether to serve your own desires to serve the world or serve Jesus. Jesus is so key, so central, so important in the gospel story. He's so crucial to the Christian faith. He says he's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. He is the only way for us to escape the judgment of God. He reconciles us to God so we can have a relationship with him. What is our life all about? You've been working all your life. Some of you have retired already. Some of you are just starting to build a career, establish some form of business or something that you would want to be proud of when you grow old. It's not about, life is not about how good or how good a Christian you would look like on the outside. Being good is something that we can achieve. Being a good Christian is something that we can aspire for. It could, it could even be something that could easily be faked by a lot of Christians. Our life is not only about what people see on the outside or what we have achieved. Our life, more importantly, is about the relationship that we have with Jesus. Because the kind of relationship we have with Jesus will set the tone for all the other relationships you will have in your life. It will set the tone for how you will live your life and who you would live your life for. Let me ask you this. Be honest. What is your relationship with Jesus like right now? What kind of relationship do you have with Him? Is it like the morning thing when you pray and the evening thing when you say, thank you, Lord? Is it just that? What kind of relationship do you have with Christ? But before you answer this, I'd like to ask you a question. I'd like you to think about this. Think about a person who has offended you in the past, someone who has done you wrong. Think about it. If you have someone in the past who has done something wrong to you, think about that person. Something is not just right with that person, right? And you just don't want to see that person. You don't even want to think about that person. And you wouldn't even pray that you'd come across that person because you hate that person. There's this wall, this separation that, that's just, that separates you from that person. There's this, this gap that has separated you permanently. Now think about your relationship with God. Maybe you feel like you've done something wrong in the past and that you don't deserve to be close to God. Maybe you've done something that was not pleasing to Him and you feel guilty about it. You feel alienated from God. You feel that you're distant from Him because of that. Why? Because we were once hostile in our thoughts and evil in our de deeds, according to the Bible. The Bible says we were all once like this. We were separated and alienated from God because of our rebellion and our disobedience. Some of you, maybe you feel like you haven't been, you have been living right with God all your life. You've been a good person. You've been living the best for Jesus. But then we read in the Bible, we need to be reconciled with God. 
Jesus has reconciled us to God. There's nothing that we can do to make our relationship with God right. It says He has now reconciled in His body of flesh by His death in order to present us holy, blameless, and above reproach before Him. Jesus made everything right on the cross for you and for me. Now, the question that I want to ask you is this. Do you believe this? Do you believe that Jesus died on the cross for you? Do you believe that the, by the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross, you have been brought near to God? That Christ came so that we may be right with the Father. You know, on our own, we would choose to rebel against God. That's our sinful nature. But it is God's desire for us to be reconciled with Him. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 to 18, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation is by the will of God. And reconciliation can only happen if the person offended is willing to forgive. Reconciliation is by an act of forgiveness. We read in the following verse that God was reconciling the world to Himself through Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And He has committed us to the message of reconciliation. God is reconciling us to Himself through Jesus Christ. He's not looking at your sins. He's not counting our sins against us. The Bible says, yet while we were sinners, Christ died for us. I just want you to think about this. One day, you and I will come face to face with God. Whether you believe it or don't, we will. And we will come before Him, not driving our fancy car. He wouldn't come to our nice, fancy home retreat house in the Bahamas or wherever. You won't be taking with you your credentials, your bank certificates, your investment portfolio, or your bank statements or shares of stocks when you face Him. You will stand before God. And nothing that you have worked for in this lifetime would matter. Nothing that you have achieved in this lifetime would matter. Not even the person sitting beside you, the most important relationships in your life wouldn't matter. Because at the end of the day, when you are about to give your last breath, the only thing that matters is your relationship with Jesus Christ. The only thing that matters is that if you have allowed yourself to be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. One day, we will come face to face with our Creator. And if we give our life to Jesus, Jesus can stand alongside with us and say, Heavenly Father, I present to you this man, holy, blameless, and beyond reproach. Not because of what we have done, but because of what Christ has done on the cross. We always say there is no place like home. But the place that you go home to right now is not the place, not the home I'm talking about. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 3, 
I will go and prepare a place for you. And I will come back and take you with me there. If your heart is a home, is Jesus welcome to stay? Are you preparing a nice big bedroom for Jesus with a nice view? Or are you giving Him your entire house, everything that you have? Are you going to be distracted by the worries of the world? Or are you just going to long for His presence? every single moment of your life will you allow Jesus to be the stillness when your heart is longing for peace would you allow him to be your sanity when war is breaking in your minds today we are given the opportunity no not to make things right we can't do that. Today we are given the opportunity to have a relationship with the one who can make things right. We are given the opportunity today to open our hearts to Jesus and allow Him to reconcile us to the Father. The person seated beside you right now might be the very and the most important person in your life. And we will have more meaningful relationships along this journey we call life. But the most important relationship you will ever have is your relationship with Jesus. With the very last breath that we will ever take in this lifetime, it is only the relationship that matters. Let's pray. Let's bow down our heads. Heavenly Father, I have not much to give you, but I give you everything that I have. I want to have more of you in my life and less of myself. May I long for your presence in every situation that I face. May I long for your peace in every worry that I have in my heart. Lord, may you always be near me. Lord, have your way in my life. And let me rest in your love and your mercy every day. Lord, I surrender to you every bitterness and unforgiveness that I have in my heart. I surrender to you every fear, every worry, every doubt that I have in my mind. Search my heart, O oh Lord, make it clean, and renew a right spirit within me. Jesus, I offer my life to you. Let my heart be your home. This we pray in your precious name. Amen.